Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mixtape Mixtape. Podcast, podcast. I'm your host, Julia. And I'm the other host, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Each episode, we pick a topic and we try to make you a good mixtape. Mike, what are we doing this week? This week, we are talking about the Comeback Kids. In honor of our Comeback episode, all the bands that made comebacks. Say comeback. Say comeback one more time. face in so long maybe a week just delight it just delight in it just uh, just look take <laughs> Your it in skin baby. looks take great i know i've been doing I'm my own regimen you know it's called uh plenty of sun and you uh go. you know uh, alcohol that's basically what i do <laughs> so my my goal is to look like the um like the uh overlord emperor vampire from what we do in the shadows by the time i'm uh. like, <laughs> my late 40s that'd be perfect there you go i think <laughs> It's good to have goals for yourself, small or big, you know, just something to look forward to every day. Squad goals, you know. I wish the same for all of you. Uh, Here's to you all looking like the Crypt Keeper soon. (laughs) It's going to happen. Global warming, man. Global warming. So we're back. We're back after a a little hiatus. A long hiatus? Was it long hiatus? Very long hiatus. I mean, our last episode was a Christmas episode, so it's been a good Ah, four months. There it is. But nothing's been going on. I mean, come on. It's like, you know, what's been going on? What's new and exciting? Nothing. No. It's not <laughs> like you're doing 20 million projects and yeah, I'm yeah. a record lord, you know? Things exactly. Are just... You are. You know, what's funny is that we started in this little this little incubator as just two people with enthusiastic dreams of having a little podcast. And now we've grown to these other big bigger bigger projects not not to minimize it but it's true you know we're just we're busy we're busy people yeah we are yeah you have so how many records have you put out since uh, Jan- uh december well in 2021 we did a total of 16 records and oh, i think great. so far this year we've released five um okay cool and we released we released the crew record right the yeah tim armstrong pennywise yep it was our second and final pressing of the crew's one voice single. And if you guys don't know, the crew is Tim Armstrong, Fletcher, uh, Fletcher from Pennywise, Byron from Pennywise, Matt Freeman, and Mike Muir from Suicidal Tendencies. So it's like a super, group, yeah, of, a super group of punk bands. Um, and we did five colorways 100 records each and then we did a really cool a track which sold out yeah instantly. I saw that. oh yeah that's yeah like who has that people just want to collect it i, I think people right? just want to collect it but they were a track player for a minute i don't know what i do with that thing but yeah it's crazy i mean wh- why it's like a track player then you go to the goodwill to yeah, find the like a tracks for it and it's always like journey and thin lizzie yeah <laughs> actually thin lizzie wouldn't be bad but it's like you know, it's it's like Crocus, <laughs> Triumph, the band. You know, we have some. We have a Clash one, and then we have the Muppet movie. I'm like, those are oh, those cool. are good ones to have. <laughs> Two perfect ones. That's all you yeah. need. Yeah. Two ends of the spectrum. I'm Paul Williams on the one. I mean, dude, Rainbow Connection. Mm-hmm. Get out of here, Danny. He's being green. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Shut up. What more do you yeah. need? But what yeah, we've need? been um, having fun, and we have a couple 
a lot more records lined up in the next coming weeks. So follow us at Stay Free Recordings on Instagram for got an exciting more- uh, Bite Me Bambi release on that. Oh which is yeah, up, which is great. So we can't say much more today, than that, but, but uh, it's exciting, and we're still happy to, about that. to work with you guys. Well, we're happy to be worked with. That's one thing we love collabing, and that's our the the Bite Me Bambi motto. For those of you who don't know, is do cool shit. That's all it is. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. like have re- seriously. It's it's uh, do cool shit is my is my uh, interpretation of it. But realistically, our our when we got the band together, we said we just want to have really rad experiences, like really mm-hmm. cool experiences, and and not really have a plan and just kind of roll through it. And and so far, that's been serving us. So great, good for us. Yeah, uh, we get to work with cool. Stay Free. We get to work with whoever we want. It's awesome. Yeah, because you're not pigeonholed into doing one thing and one thing only. No, um, yeah. It opens up a lot of doors, and you guys open yourself up for that and keep your keep an open mind. Yeah, so we actually, Mammy's been doing really well. We've uh, we just uh, did three dates. Or, no, I'm sorry, two dates, three dates, two dates, two dates at the House of Blues with uh, Pantheon Rococo. If you don't know them, they're the probably the largest ska band in the world uh, from Mexico City. They're mm-hmm. absolutely amazing, and it was a really great. We got some tour dates coming up in May with uh, with uh, a band called Son Ron Papera, which are, I mean, just absolutely great as well. Uh, so we're looking forward to all that. But playing in the Latin music scene a little bit, which we are not that, but uh, <laughs> ska music is supposed to be supposed to be open to all things. And so, um, you know, I, we love that they have us, and and uh, and that you know, even if we are kind of the stepchilds of the of the crew, we like to add our little piece, and people seem mm-hmm. to like it. So great. Yeah. And then um, we have a project, like I said, with Stay Free coming up, and uh, we've got other things coming up, tours coming up as well. So we haven't announced them yet, but we have fall tours and winter tour, and we have got uh, a few dates in the Pacific Northwest in July. We've got all kinds of things going on. So. It's been really good. And and lots of releases, lots of videos that are coming up. We actually just dropped for our song Video Games. We dropped it last week, and that's been receiving uh, – actually, last week. It was just a few days ago. But it's been receiving really great accolades. We just got out of the studio. So we're doing all kinds of stuff. Look at you. Look a at A real Look band. A real – I'm a real boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So So it's been going good. But uh, let's talk about the podcast. Let's, uh, let's yeah. talk about going forward. Like what's what's happening with, with Mixtape Mixtape Podcast. So um, it's funny, like during our break, our summer break, summer winter break, a lot of people, I didn't think a lot of people cared, but a lot of people came up to me asking like, what's going on with the podcast? When are you guys coming back? Like, so it's good to know that people actually listen because we always think nobody listens, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's good to know we have a few listeners out there. Um, we got like we 18 are, listeners. That's fine. Yeah. I, I love all 18 of them. I mean, you need the core 18. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're back, but we're going to do things because Mike and Ike are so busy over here. Uh, we're kind of breaking up the podcast into seasons. And I don't know if this is technically our second season because it's we've been doing this podcast for probably four three or four years now at this point but yeah, i don't know <laughs> wait you know we actually didn't know how to do a podcast and we thought oh they're weekly right don't you just do them mm-hmm. every week and then it's like we take a week off we're like oh that was weird we took a week off you know yeah and then we started doing them like, maybe they got to be twice a week i don't know like you know so i think now it's better to do them in seasons I, I, most things come in seasons so yeah it gives that, everyone that a way break. they're not as maddening you know yeah and i think um yeah, it gets to be a lot, especially with the other stuff that we've got going on and just day job stuff, too. Like, that sucks up, sucks your soul. So yeah. um, this 
you know, allows us to refresh a little. So we're going to do things in season, have two seasons a year, and each season is like three months long. So you'll get um, three months worth of full episodes and mini episodes at one time. We'll take a break. So we're going to start April, May, June, do that. And then we'll have a fall season, maybe October, November, December. But just thinking about that, Christmas is going to be busy. So subject to change there. And then um, we'll do fun stuff in between that or within that, you know, we'll have some special very special episodes. We're kicking out some very special episode ideas. Very just special now. episode. So, yeah. um, you know, some episodes you might need to ask your parents permission to listen to. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to do or, fun or stuff. Or parents, if you're watching, a good episode to watch with your children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they used to say that. Yeah, I remember Watch that. with your kids. Like, who else is watching Different Strokes, dude? I ain't watching this because I like it. I'm watching it with my kids. <laughs> TGIF was a family event. Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, we got a lot of things planned. And, you know, with this first season, um, again, host Mike is a very busy man so you're gonna have a couple of guest hosts with me you know mike not be here the whole time he'll be here in spirit maybe we'll get him to jot down some fun facts before we record but... fun, fact. fun fact nobody misses mike other fun fact <laughs> where it happened to mike other fun fact is mike alive uh, fun fact is he drunk where is he nobody cares <laughs> yeah uh yeah no we'll have great guest hosts uh we won't reveal exactly who they are but just keep keep posted there'll be people you want to hear from so uh, people doing cool stuff, having commitment to do cool stuff. So uh, Julia knows a lot more people than I do, uh, cool people, so she can get all kinds of different people in, involved. Um, who knows? Maybe she gets Fletcher. Maybe she gets Ugh. Byron from Pennywise. Maybe she – who knows? Maybe she gets Matt Freeman or Tim Armstrong. I don't know. Oh I don't know what she's going to do. That'd be crazy. Yeah. I'd have yeah. to uh, actually – put effort into researching these you podcasts. have to really actually be a real <laughs> podcast if you did that oh my god oh no no nuts well oh anyway so nuts. today's episode is about i mean are we have we covered the future and I the think past that's everything that's the future and the past okay. check those boxes there let's talk so, about today's podcast today's podcast it's about bands who made a comeback mm-hmm. the comeback mm-hmm. kids um which surprisingly after doing research there's a lot more bands than i thought of uh, uh-huh. There's some right off the top of my head that I thought of, like Weezer made a comeback, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're stronger than ever. Um, um, who else? Uh, there's some like Guns and Roses, and like you know, you name it. There's there's bands that may come back, Pixies, whatever. You know, those are the ones I thought of at the top of my head, Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sure there are many, many, many more. Uh, so I just gave you my list, and those are the <laughs> bands I'll be playing. <laughs> and which is, I was kind of nervous because I kind of struggled with this i was about to text you guys at 9 15 and be like can we just change the topic to uh whatever we want songs we're just listening to now because i actually found it difficult to um find bands that i cared about yeah yeah okay because i kind of went clinical with it i'm like these bands absolutely did reunite that's Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's like they're not necessarily ones i care about but actually there is a lot that i do care about no you have a big you have a wider palette i think than i do um, so I think you're open to more stuff like that where I'm just like, eh, so what if Diana Ross had a new album this year? Yeah. Do I right. care? Yeah. I don't, um, trust me. I don't care about Diana Ross. Yeah. Um, she just looks, you know, you know, she just like, just, just stop. It's just like, it's a bad look. Like just, you know, fade away. It's okay. I mean, it's okay. Hey, I love, summer. 
I love a diva. I really love a diva, but um, I just didn't care. I try to listen to the music, but I didn't care very much. So yeah, exactly. Meh. It's like I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, okay. Well, do you want to go first since you have no confidence in your list? <laughs> Thanks. Just like my self-esteem. Um, okay. So the first person, and this is like my teen idol right here. So I'm so happy she came out with something new last year, I believe. Um, Fiona Apple. Oh, cool. Fiona Apple hadn't released. I've been an a album. bad, bad girl. Yeah, I love. Um, I love Tidal. Tidal is one of my favorite albums of all time. And the last album she did... Okay, so she released Fetch the Bolt Cutters in 2020. But prior to that, her last album was 2012. And I think that's a pretty big gap for having an album. But uh, more than that, like, I feel like I didn't care about those two albums that she had previously released i think the bigger ones for me were title which was 1996 and then mm-hmm. when the pawn which was 1999 so for me it was like 99 and then 2020 was her new release so okay, cool that's how i see it and awesome. uh i'm gonna play from fetch the bolt cutters shamika i just i love the song and i think shamika's the song is based on a real woman named shamika that she met but I forget the rest of the story behind it. So just pretend it's a good story or go look it up yourself. But okay. let's listen to it. Just for me, just to be crash symbols. In class, I pass the time. Drawing a slash for every time. Second hand went by a group of five. Done 12 times just a minute. But Shamika said I had potential. 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 That oh, was really cool. I like. I. I, I mean, she's a great p- uh, pianist. Like her. Her mm-hmm. piano playing is really good. She's. I, it's. Um, she masters the rhythm side. Her with her left hand on the piano is really really good. Um, which is kind of like you know it's the bass side that's kind of the entire rhythm of, a, of when you when you play piano mm-hmm. and she's really great at it she's really awesome i i didn't see her when she was popular i saw her um it had to be like well i don't know 2008 or no 7 or something i saw her i went to see coldplay uh at the at the anaheim pond because my uh first i was with the time really wanted really love coldplay so we went to see and she opened and i was like blown away by her she was really great yeah uh yeah i mean just a real talented soul i think i think she got kind of pigeonholed into that into that angry girl yeah yeah yeah. and i think she's way more um she's way more dynamic than that so that's a shame but uh, yeah yeah that's great that's a really great artist yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't even think of her as a comeback you're right she was definitely a comeback artist because she went away and then she even had that in 2012 she had that release and i remember touring on that and being on fallon or kimmel or whatever Mm -hmm. it was and it was cool yeah, cool. Good choice. I, I love it. I think it's more it's more performancey to me, a la Saint Vincent, where it's yeah, yeah, it's poetic, yeah. um, with some music attached to it. And I don't know, I just I fell in love with this album. That was also the beginning of quarantine, where like I don't want to say things were magical, but you know, you had a little bit of optimism. But I also had some time to myself during those first couple weeks of quarantine, where yeah, I was, was just uncharted. like listening to as Nobody much on the music. Road. Yeah, you're doing 
finally doing things you wanted to do and that was like actually listening to an album rather than yeah. it just playing in the background while you're driving this was like time to actually listen to stuff so that was good. you know what's funny is i was just uh in the studio with this producer um cameron webb and he was telling me he's like yeah my kids they only listen to one verse and one chorus and they go on to the next song mm. and i was like he, he's like why do they do that he, he's like why do you do that that's that song's not done yet yeah and she's like no because the rest is the same i know it's going to be the same <gasps> and they move on that's going to be the same is that terrifying that's, that's that's like that's so that's TikTok. That's like what that yeah. is. You know what I mean? It's just boom, on to the next thing, on the next thing, on well, to the that, next thing. That's like for a like long it used time. to be it used to be like we were a playlist culture where we we uh where you wouldn't hear the whole albums. Like, can you imagine mm-hmm. somebody sitting through an entire album now? It'd be like, kill me. Oh my god, the whole record. Like, why would I want to hear all twelve tracks of whatever this person has to say to me as a complete work when I could just hear that single and be on to the next one? And now oh, it's not god. even the single. Now it's just like the verse and the chorus. That's it. Yeah, that <laughs> That and I, I feel like I got that way a little bit with um, playlists where, like you said, you're not listening to the full album. You just get the hit or whatever on a playlist and or it becomes your hit on the playlist. And I feel like I lost a lot of attention span where it was really hard to listen to a full album for a long time. I'm starting yeah. to get back into it, like be- based on COVID and stuff like actually taking the time to listen to an album but I, I can't imagine as a musician like yourself like isn't that terrifying to know that the fu- like what what's the future of music if you can't keep a kid's attention because they're so used to these 30 second tiktok videos you know yeah, yeah you're right you're right. well I mean as far as pop music I think you're right but but the the crazy thing is is that as much as there is that there's an equal number of people who buy vinyl you know, or yeah. not an equal number, but a huge number of people mm-hmm. who buy vinyl and who are like who really appreciate every little nuance about it. So yeah. I guess that's who it is. You just have enthusiasts that you write for and then everybody else is kind of like out there and they may they're like on the tertiary piece where they kind of like are out on the outskirts and they'll grab a piece of whatever might be hot that second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, again, we're not writing songs for I'm not writing songs for 12 year olds. So no. I guess, you know, <laughs> not yet. I'll leave that. I'll leave that to. I'll leave that to somebody else, I guess. I mean, somebody who really wants to be, uh, who really wants to be very popular instead of just, you know, moderately successful, <laughs> like me. <laughs> um, so uh, the band I'm going to pick is uh, De La Soul. Okay. Uh, just because they went away for a while and then came back, and and actually I saw them at um, uh, a festival that your husband booked, that John booked. Uh, they played. Um, on the music tastes good the first oh, year yeah. they were really really great so i actually they played on a sunday night too which is kind of lame because i went home and i was like i mean i only lived a block away from where they were playing but i went home and i rested for a minute and i was like i have to go back and i have to see de la soul and i was mm-hmm. really glad i did because they're awesome uh, i'm going to pick an unorthodox track from them i really like this band they're playing with and this is one of the original i don't know if we played this on um crossover um uh, I don't know if we've done a crossover, but we've done so many. I don't know. Uh, but this is where they're playing with uh, a song called Fallen, where they sample Tom Petty's Free Fallen, and they play with uh, Teenage Fan Club is actually backing them. It's oh, one wow. of my favorite bands. So it's really cool. Here's De La Soul and Teenage Fan Club. Mama don't love me and my mama don't care. Read the papers, the headlines say, washed up rapper got sewn. Lingo's busted while the guitar sways. B-side copy for the radio plays for something. I knew I blew the whole fandango when the drum programmer wore a kango. 
Never could be like great fish won't bite bait. Realize that I'm over like clover. No good luck in so makes me. Uh, I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, and it's weird to know that Teenage Fan Club was a backing pen on that. That's so, so cool. So it's actually from a music soundtrack. There was a there was a really terrible movie um, called Judgment Night, and it started mm-hmm. Emilio Estevez and Mick Jagger um, <laughs> about people that were in a motorhome. They get kind of it, it's totally a white fear movie, right? So it's yeah. people in a motorhome that get. Um, a movie that will never get made again, but <laughs> but uh, a white fear movie where people in a motorhome get lost and they're in a like this ghetto. They get stuck in this like black mm-hmm. ghetto, and and so it's how they get out of this night or whatever. But the movie sucked. I mean, I I literally I watched like thirty minutes of it, and I'm known to watch anything. Like I will sit through and watch anything, and I was terrible. But uh, the soundtrack featured a major major like. Um, rock or alternative bands with hip-hop acts and how they mix together it came out like 1992 or 1993 or something like that Mm -hmm. but like biohazards on it with uh you know there's a bunch of bands that are that are paired with other i think it's biohazard cypress hill i mean there's so many different bands that are on it but that is by far the best track i think for me but anyway so yeah a really good one and you know it was really cool to see de la soul reunite because they're uh they really are super talented and I think a total unique voice and one of the first voices to kind of do that. I guess you call it like backpack kind of rap, you know, rap style now. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, a really educated and cool, um, groovy, you know, groovy rapping. But anyway. Yeah, that was a good choice. Thanks. Good pick. Um, okay. My next. We were talking about Mike Park before we started yes. playing. Um and I always Asian weird. Man Records, Mike Park, St. Configure, Mike Park, Records, the Chinkies, yes. Mike Park. Love him. Yeah. I was actually going to be like, uh, am I allowed to say their name? I always felt weird about the band name, but I know why yeah. Mike Park does it. Mike Park's yeah. Korean American. It's all about his way of reclaiming racism. Yeah. Um, Plus, I think they're they're terms. my favorite project that he's done. I like them better than I like Sang and Pickle. I think they're as far as a punk band, they're really pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I love the Chinkies, and the Chinkies uh, released a new EP. I think in 2020. I think it was 2020. Oh no way! I totally missed that. Wow, that's cool. yeah. Oh, they released. Um, let me find it. When was it released? Yeah, it was 2020. It was called Ka Music. Um, and it's just a five song EP. And I like all the songs on that, but I think my favorite is Your Heart Will Break Forever. And okay. it's it's just so good. <laughs> and I love oh, cool. them. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised when they came out. It was one of those things that like Spotify, you know, when this artist has a new song release for you. Like your band popped up the other day when you guys released yeah. um, the video game song. Um, but let's take a listen to The Chinkies, Your Heart Will Break Forever. cool really cool sounding song it's it reminds me of the siren six like with that organ that's up front in there mm-hmm. and uh really cool and that little kind of breakdown dub part's pretty pretty rad too so 
I'm sorry I missed that. That's uh, I got to go back. Go yeah, back definitely, definitely um, listen to that. And I'm just looking. Their last album was 2002. Like full release album was yeah, 2002. Right, prior to right. this, so I have that one. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's and um, you know, I I really love Mike Park's. I really love what Mike Park does. Uh, yes, as far as like running this label out of his garage and all this stuff, and and he he really has a good ear. We've talked about that before on the podcast. How you know some of the bands that he signs or or distributes or whatever uh how whatever you call it now i don't think he signs anybody i think he does distribute bands and uh there's they're really um he really has a good ear for uh like lo-fi like pop you know Mm -hmm. and then obviously scott and uh, punk rock as well so yeah go support asian man records if you can uh you'll be surprised at who's on their label you'll be surprised at a a lot of their releases you're like oh wow alkali trio's on here like all these other bands are so amazing so um there's that band uh grumpster that we played on the oh yeah yeah. uh, and they're on there and they're really great i think he does dog party he does a bunch of these like other Mm -hmm. like little i don't want to say teen bands but young bands that are that Mm -hmm. are doing that are doing real like pop lo-fi kind of indie music which is awesome yeah so yeah support him please if you can if you can go support mike park um and then who knows maybe we'll get him on summer season i really like his stuff we'll see yeah, uh, one of the bands I really thought of uh, when you said comeback bands was uh, Weezer. Weezer mm-hmm. went away after their uh, Pinkerton record for like three years. They were gone, and uh, everybody thought they broke up and they were never going to play again. And then they announced in, um, I think it was 1999, 98, that they were going to play. They ended up playing the Warp Tour dates, which was odd for them but it was it was a wrap in 2000 they played the Warped Tour dates because I went I saw them got it. it was a show that I wasn't playing at but I actually went to to see Weezer so and you know what was kind of telling was those days they did the stages um, they had two main stages basically and they did them together like side by side mm-hmm. so when one band was playing you could see the other band setting up yeah. on the other stage right so the Mighty Mighty Boston this is how I knew like Ska was over right the Mighty Mighty <laughs> Bostones were playing like middle uh-huh. of the day like one of the headlining spots, you know, here's the mm-hmm. Boston's are a huge band. They're playing and everybody is moving to the other side <laughs> of the stage so that they could watch Weezer. And there's literally at one point almost a dividing line in the crowd where it's like, okay, everybody's in front of this stage and there's very few people who are on the Boston stage. And I remember being mm-hmm. like, oh man, this sucks. That's terrible. Oh, I mean, I, you could also say that at the time you could probably see the Boston's whenever. Where like if this yeah, was Weezer's true. first time back, who isn't gonna do that? But well, yeah, the Boston's. Let's be real; they were probably a couple of years off of the impression that it gets. They were probably mm-hmm. still like on the downward slope of that tour, or, yep. or, or of you know being really popular. So you could still hear them on the radio every mm-hmm. every ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all right. Well, I'm gonna play Weezer, and this is the track that really kind of this album, the Green album, really they, was their comeback record back then, and I don't know, they've been going strong ever since. I've lost track of Weezer. Like, <laughs> they put out so albums. much work. Like, yeah. there's way too many albums. Yeah. And uh, it's not that, it's like, they're, they're such a defined artist where I, the Blue album was so good, and Pinkerton was so good mm-hmm. that, um, you know, it's a hard consistency to keep up, but they're still so prolific. They do so much work. I just, I just, I lose track of it. because There's I just, not enough I mean, time yeah, in the day. I don't have enough bandwidth to keep up with, exactly. with Weezer's. With with uh, Rivers uh, production, but here it is. Here's Islands in the Sun. This is a great song. And I wanna feel it too.
that that's a really good song i just thought i kind of want to get hep hep tattooed on me just a little hep, stick and hep, poke hep hep on my arm i think that'd be kind of cool in, you're into you're into ska if you did that too. yeah that might be working i mean it, double, it might be home. yeah it'll be a good way to have finally have a ska tattoo that's not outwardly checkerboard all over me you should get one like i'm gonna get a license plate that says check it up you should get one like in cursive on your arm i've got a really cool font for it it's really great check it up <laughs> check it up people think maybe people think you're you're you know on the on a different part of the love spectrum <laughs> i want to check it up <laughs> only on myself. the weekends only on the weekends. um no that's so great and i'm adding that i have a running list notes list you probably can't see it because of the screen can't see it. but um it's my listen to list and I it's you know sometimes you're listening to things or you're watching tv or whatever and a band comes up in your brain you're like oh yeah I gotta listen to them again or I haven't thought of I make sure that I write it all down now and I put an effort to listen to them so I'm adding the green list or the green album to that because uh the green album is a really great record I think it's really good um because I know those hits but I haven't listened to the whole thing. And you know, I remember when that when that Island of the Sun song came out, I was like, dude, this is so typical Weezer, but it's different. It's still different mm-hmm. from Pinkerton, way different than that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like says well. And the blue album and, too. And like, the blue record. The blue record's so great. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Rick Ocasek. He did such a good job on that record. Anyway. Okay. What My you tone? got next? Okay. Um My don't tone. hate me. But Celine Dion. No, that that bitch never went away. She's always here. <laughs> always. My heart will go on. Okay. <laughs> I'm in this fun. Um, uh, what's the app called? It's called uh, Music League, and we should try it if we want to do it. With, like the Bite Me Bambi kids or whatever, we can do it. It's you join a league, and each week there's different music prompts. So like, okay. last week was songs you can't get out of your head. And then everyone who's involved in the league has to enter a song. And then it generates a playlist based off of the league. And then okay. everyone at the end of the uh, that week's period has to vote on which was the best song. Um, oh, that's cool. But it's really fun. You get really good playlists out of it. And I'm doing that with some friends right now. But uh, I did play Celine Dion on that one. <laughs> but this and nobody got out time for Celine Dion <laughs> yeah it was like a 10 minute song and I'm like oh my god once I saw everyone else's choices like sorry guys but um this don't hate me for but I actually like it it's Willow so Willow Smith oh god, oh god. um oh god but topical. this song look at you topical. I know topical I didn't even think of that until right now but I'm gonna close my ears and protest <laughs> for this she Ugh. did this song this was one of her latest songs with Travis Barker but I'm dropping this in here because it's she's come a long way baby she you know was I whip my hair back and forth which was like a forced record yeah. exec my parents are Will and Jada Smith so I'm gonna do an album type of song you know that's what that would that felt be like. like her entire history of fame like and reason for know. being was my parents are okay the other you're saying, kid, you're saying she has talent that lasts beyond this song i'm saying this song wasn't that bad but okay. i'm also saying that this song is vastly different from that other song okay. and i have something similar for a couple other artists on this list but i appreciate her growth and her wanting to do something different on this um okay. so that is that's not to say I didn't like I whip my hair back and forth because that was a fun song. Just okay. saying that. But this um song is called Transparent Soul. So sorry. 
guys. Great. She's probably like 18. <laughs> so here we go. Give it to me, Mike. Okay. <laughs> What's your thoughts on this? <laughs> Thinking Haley Williams got some writing credits coming ah, to her. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I mean, look, is she still a pop tart? That's she didn't write that. She didn't write that fucking oh, song. Oh, probably not. Yeah, but there's it's, no way um, she wrote that song. You know. So yeah. uh, Travis was on it. So let's look at the writing credits of that. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause yeah, uh, but hey, it's a great song. It's a great song, and I think it's a it was a better Paramore song probably uh, at some point. <laughs> you know, it, but um, yeah, she got a good voice. I mean, whatever. Like you know, I'm not I'm not hating on her because who her parents are. Do I think she got way more opportunities for uh, basically having a good publicist? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know that she's any more or less talented than anybody else that puts out records. So. You know, which kind of you kind of have to be, I think, if your parents are that people are always going to compare you, which sucks. But yeah. it's true, you know, um, but like. I just think part of me thinks that, like, for every artist that has something to say, there's somebody like that who comes out. It's like, well, my dad did this. So, you know, or, or whatever. Uh, and and it bought me all of the best producers. It bought me Travis Barker. You know, mm-hmm. it bought me this this guy who people who will show up in playlists because He's Travis Barker, you know, so I'll get to the front of Spotify anyway, not to mention my name's Willow and I had this other hit or whatever, you know, so I don't know. I just think, uh, I think, hey, hey, girl, if you can get it, get it. Um, but yeah, she didn't write that song. Good thing she's yeah. got the courage to put that song out, though, you know? Yeah. And again, like, I appreciate that she's trying to, her dad was this big, was he ha- hip hop? Well, he was hip hop for a while yeah. and then he became a pop star you know that was kind of expected of her too and she's trying to move away although this song is very reminiscent of like the olivia rodrigo style of music that's in right now for for kids her age but she's only 20 years old so she has a lot more time to really reinvent herself over and over again in her music so and the money and the money to do that which is great (laughs) you know what i mean the money and the wherewithal and the and the connections and the open doors to do that you know that's that's part of it. I mean, good for her, I guess, for that, you know. Um, not, a, you know, I don't know. We don't have to talk about the slap gate or whatever, but no, I just don't. No, we don't. don't. That's, yeah. It's none of our business, and yeah, there's anyway. a lot of nuances in there that we don't, we're not allowed to speak to, so. Cool. Uh, yeah, so anyway, best of luck to Willow. <laughs> I, I think she's going to be all right. I think she's going to be okay. I think, uh, you know. I think she's going to be all right. I think she's going to survive. Okay. I hope so. Have a good so. time with life. Where did my phone? Okay, there it is. Uh, okay, so I'm going to play a band that uh, came back, who I'm not, I'm no longer a fan of after they came back, but uh, I liked that they came back, and it was great. Uh, I'm going to play The Police. Oh. Uh, they, they were gone for years and years, and everybody thought, man, when The Police reunites, it's going to be so amazing. Oh, my God, it's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to see them at Dodger Stadium. Uh, I was so stoked to see the police because you know i'd grown up with them and they'd already broken up by the time i was 
conscious of their music. Mm-hmm. And so all I had was Sting and his new agey records. <laughs> I was like, this sucks. Uh, so they uh, they reunited. I got to say it was in 2009, maybe. Oh, I had no eight, idea. I'm not sure. And they, they played at Dodger Stadium and Foo Fighters opened up for them. And I have to say the Foo Fighters blew them away. Like crazy. Blew them away. And so it was the only show I'd ever been to that a stadium was sold out. Yet the singer, Sting, was pouting because the crowd wasn't into it. I'm like, bitch, that ain't my job. That's your job. Okay? But also like, think of your audience and the age right, at that, even at that right, point. Right, exactly. Like, I was probably one of the younger people in that yeah. crowd. It was insane. But anyway, um, this is their rad ska song they have, and I love it. It's called Canary in a Coal Mine. So we'll play that. You is a good song i've always liked that song why did do you know why they broke up or why oh, it yeah, ended at each other's throats they, uh. just, they were like yeah there's a very famous police documentary that came out in like the 80s mm-hmm. and it shows them playing in rio de janeiro like this like two hundred thousand people or whatever just an insane amount of people and it shows them on the flight back and how they just got into a fist fight like just wow. crazy crazy fighting and just infighting and you know, so and they were grown ass men. You know, mm-hmm. they were like like uh, Stuart Copeland was a session musician. Like Sting was a teacher. You know what I mean? Like these mm-hmm. these were grown ass men by the time they were famous. So, I, you know, I don't know. It just it didn't get along, and there's some egos, and I think there was some resentment that Sting was getting a lot of attention when they were all like great musicians in their own right. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is, and you know, obviously the rest is history. Sting went on to have a great career. So, I mean, they all did. They all went on and had a really great career. Plus, they have police money you know what i mean I like know. so it's like box sets and cds and albums that were sold in the 80s not just save your money man 80s 90s 2000s like before napster those guys were rolling mm-hmm. you know so so uh yeah so and i'm sure they still are now i mean who knows and then you know stink sting is a tantric lover so there you go I don't know if he still is i mean he's got like what 60 something years old seven years old i would say I 70 know. but did you ever see um on hulu only murders in the building no oh it's such a good it's all about like a true crime podcast but it stars steve martin and martin short oh oh yeah yeah i've seen it i just haven't seen it yeah oh yeah yeah. stings in it it's really funny oh cool cool hey can we talk about nobody told me about uh what we do in the shadows so there's a scott van in one of the episodes was hilarious wait there is yes yes the first season there's one they go to this like there's the one vampire that's uh she's new and they it's Lindsay street or whatever it is it's like the, Uh the 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 one that lives behind them, that the uh, woman at that, uh, that the woman's trying to convert to a vampire, and she's like feeding one day. And she's at a party. She's like, nobody can see me. I'm invisible. And and the guy who bumps into her is like wearing a checkered fedora, and he's like this tall, skinny guy. <laughs> and then two two scenes later, he's in the scum, and he's all, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> That's so dope. And she kills him. She ends up like dragging him outside and like ripping his jugular out or whatever it was hilarious but yeah it's so funny oh that was um what's her name um uh i know you're talking about it's that she was in book smart and she played monica on the american crime story 
uh, Monica Lewinsky. Um, oh yes, yeah, yes. that was her. Right, Brittany, right, yeah. mm-hmm. is it Brittany Fielding? Yeah, I didn't like that casting in American Crime Story. That I didn't. I mean, I thought Clive Owen was okay, but mm-hmm. I, you know, a lot of the casting was like, eh. Like, yeah, she didn't look anything like Monica Lewinsky, in, in my opinion. You know, no, I. Well, and I wonder if they were. Yeah, it was just nineties were terrible. <laughs> but, um, yeah, seriously, seriously. If you want more Scott in TV, we just finished. The After Party, which is on Apple TV. I think it's Apple TV, if you have it. Um, it's so good. It takes place in, I think it's like 10 episodes. It's this high school reunion party, and someone dies. And then a cop comes to sort of kind of solve the crime that night. But it turns and out he's a stripper. No. no. <laughs> Each episode is from a different perspective of, of someone that was at the party. Okay, and cool. it was so well done. Tiffany Haddish is the cop on it. But uh, there's they do high school flashbacks and some of the boys were in a ska band. Um, and it's just so funny. It's the same thing. They have their fedora, their little white t-shirt with a black tie, skinny black tie, <laughs> and looking like the biggest dorks in the world in their own two-person ska band. Yep. <laughs> and it's so hip, funny. Hip, hip. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and they're skanking on stage, too. Also, if you ever watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, um, one of the guys starts talking about ska, but he starts talking about, like, the hippos. And, like, oh, wow. Cool. So oh, like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Whoever wrote this was actually into yeah, ska right. music and right, knows exactly. their bands because they were doing kind of deep cuts on that. Um, so that's funny, too. Anyways, that's this the song has nothing to do with ska. Um, I'm going to play Johnny Cash because okay. while he's this prolific artist that several different generations know, I think a lot of people maybe my age and younger know him now because of some of the songs he covered and released in two in the early 2000s. Oh yeah, and I totally. Think that's all thanks yeah, to all Rick, Rick Rubin. Yeah, all those Rick Rubin records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to play Redemption song cuz he did that with Joe Strummer. Joe Strummer. And yeah. this song and if you listen to Hurt, like the most yeah. saddest beautiful rendition of that song, especially when you watch the video cuz it's old man Johnny Cash, black yeah. and white, these you know, dark shadows everywhere. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful song, but we're going to listen to Redemption song. And I think that kind of made him an even longer lasting artist with, with these songs. And again, totally. those American, uh, what are they called? American songbooks. Yeah. American songbook one through four or whatever. Yeah. He's got so many of them. Then he has Ruben so many did a lot of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was, okay. Redemption song. In this generation, triumphantly, won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Cause all I ever had, redemption songs. I love that. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge Joe Strummer fan. Uh, there's that there's that piece in that song, and I don't know if it's on that, that recording that you have where Joe Strummer comes in. Yeah. Right then, nice. he says, emancipate yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, it's crazy because Joe didn't have the rights to that. Uh, 
And so on his Mascaleros, Joe Strummer and the Mascaleros record, he, he didn't have the rights to Johnny Cash to be on the record. But mm. he produced, he re- he released um, Redemption Song on that record as well. So you get to hear them both kind of independently of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, super cool. And uh, if, you, uh, if you're a fan of that and you're a fan of Rick Rubin's, you should definitely check out Rick Rubin's podcast. It's awesome. It's really great. Just type it in. I forget what it's called. I think it's called Off the Record or On the Record or something. But it's amazing. And he goes through, he talks to Rosanna Cash. He, you know, he goes, he has access to so many great artists that would just want to be on his show and uh, are on his podcast. And they really deep dive into stuff. So if you're really into music and you're not listening to that, you're missing out. I, I binge like all of them. There's probably like a hundred of them. And I've, wow. I think I've listened to all of them. So they're, they're, they're so great. Um, and just his, you know, I used to think Rick Rubin was kind of a, I'm not, I don't know. I, don't know, I thought his persona was more than he was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought that he was he was one of these guys that was like this big persona, and and the substance was okay, but it you know it wasn't worth this godlike persona that people give him. And realistically, man, to know that he's uh, such a humble dude now, uh, you know, from where he began and to where he you know how he produces these records, but he got the best out of um, out of Johnny Cash, and and I think that Johnny. Johnny looked at him like, you're crazy. Like, why do you want me? I'm old. I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I He was playing dinner theaters, realistically. Yeah. Like, you know, and uh, and Rick Rubin had the guts to be like, no, dude, you're important. And we need to put these songs out. We need to have you do contemporary songs. And man, that, like you said, Hurt is amazing. Uh, Redemption songs. I mean, all the songs he does are really, really great. So yeah, check that. Check out that. It's like a four album series. Uh, the first one, though, has Hurt on it. And it has um, Redemption song, I think. Yeah, and I think one of kind of like the genius things that Rick Rubin did, because I was listening to a lot of these albums, is it's just a guitar and Johnny. That's all it is. So you think Mm -hmm. Rick Rubin, you think it's going to be very, not overly mastered or overly produced, but, you know, when you have a big time producer like that, you think it's going to be something over the top and whatever, but it's so simple, but so effective. Totally. And yeah. I think that's what that song needed. You know what I mean? I, I think Rick is great at, he's really great at finding what the song needs. What's the, what's the voice of this record and what's mm-hmm. the song need and put it out there. And we were, you were texting me last week about the Avid brothers and about oh, their, yeah. some, their album. You finally listened to after years <laughs> of me know. telling you to listen to it. Uh, but the documentary they did, it really explains like he kind of explains his process um, and how it just, you know, the album calls for what it calls for. And we don't know what that is until we get there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of cool. I mean, he's a producer's producer, so good job. Um, okay, so I've got, uh, let's see, got a couple more. So uh, this band went away. They're probably one of my favorites. And they did a prolific piece of work, uh, collection of work over two records. Mm-hmm. They only had two records, and they went away. And I would say are just as big now as they were then in certain circles. So like in um, Anglophile circles, musician circles, production circles, people who really love festivals and stuff. Uh, the band is the Stone Roses. They uh, they reunited in 2016 um, after their last record was done in what, 1997, 96? So their second record uh, was done. And uh, and they reunited in 2016, and then Ian Brown, the singer of the band, told the crowd, "Don't be sad that it's over. Just be glad you were here to witness it. Oof. You know, to wit- yeah. to witness it." And that was it. Like they're never gonna play again. So uh, if they play again, I'm gonna come running. But this is a uh, fool's gold uh, from the Stone Roses. Mm-hmm. 
out of this list um <laughs> i i wouldn't have thought of stone roses at all but i love yeah, that no, song they're, like i i have room on my arm for like favorite band tattoos that's what mm-hmm. i'm putting on like on my one arm here and i'm i was listening to that i'm like okay i need to get like a little lemon slice or whatever their logo is have that put somewhere because it's so they're such a great band and just really influential i mean influence an entire not only generation but multiple generations off of two records it just and it just never happens like that you know yeah. you're usually it's out of sight out of mind and everybody kind of they're kind of like how adolescents here like in the states for years found metallica would not comparing the bands but mm-hmm. comparing the kind of like that they're kind of a rite of passage band for certain people like there's yeah. you know certain kids find ride the lightning and they're like yeah this yes and between the ages of 12 and 16, this is my jam. You know, they're, they're into Metallica. And I think in England, maybe it's the same way for the Stone Roses. They just think people kind of find them because they encompass really great, you know, indie kind of shoegazy kind of music, but also dance music and everything. They were just they were just kind of way ahead of their time. So Totally, because then you, um, you kind of think of bands like, oh, shit, what's that one Manchester label oh, oh uh, creation records is it creation records yeah yeah they Where did, you started um, thinking of like happy mondays and it yes. it blends a little bit of like older smiths like that post-punk sure indie yeah. sound you know the upcoming 90s electronica sound and it blends a little bit of both of that and yeah love it well and let's be real without without stone roses there's no there's no oasis. There's like, exactly. there's no blur. There's mm-hmm. no blur without, without them. So exactly. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing. They're, they're such a great band, but and, and to the point now where they can even like, they put stone roses. Ian Brown has his own Adidas. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like stone roses have their own, like they could put, they could slap their stuff on a clothing line and it sells out, you know? So it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. Anyway. Awesome. Um, okay. So, Going back to this is similar to Willow Smith, but probably a little more. You'll enjoy it a little bit more. I did um, not enjoy Willow Smith. I thought it was actually a good song. I just I'd like to see some of the writing credits on it because I know that girl didn't write it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know this artist wrote her own music, so I'm gonna play Robin. Okay. Robin in 1997, 1998, pop star, one hit wonder yep. pop star. Uh, Do you know what it takes? And I forget what else because I loved her so much back then. And she was gone, just gone for a long gone. period of time. And she came back in uh, 2010s, 2012s, whatever, with Body Talk. And okay. most recently, she came back with an album called Honey. But again, if you compare her music from then with like full on pop star to this electronic dance, indie, weird sound, just like. It's so different, and she's so amazing, and I love her so much, so I just wanted to play it, and hold on. I'm going to cue up the song that I... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold, please. Hold, please. Oh, God. Did I lose it? Hold on to your love. You got to hold on. 
Um, farts. I can't decide what I want to play. I'm going to play um, Robin Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know what? I'll play that song. We're going to play it. Okay, we're going to play Ever Again from Robin off of the, her latest album, Honey. that was cool i really like that um that's a really good well-written pop song yeah i like that uh i like that uh i hate to say it but i like the fact that she cusses in the chorus because it's Mm -hmm. like it's more of an adult kind of a song Um, yeah yeah that's cool i like that she's not going and not this pop tart i'm this you know woman singing about uh Sing about heartbreak. That's awesome. It's a cool song. Yeah, I, I mean, it. I, I like just... it. And it wasn't it wasn't super slickly produced either. It, I mean, it did have you know you had keyboard tracks and you had the mm-hmm. drum tracks in it, but it it wasn't like crazy produced. You know. It's no, cool. and again, like I'm just reading her bio. She was 16 when the Robin is here album oh, wow. debuted in 1995, so she was young. And basically, at that point, weren't they just picking people and like? you're this type of pop star. You're this type of pop star. You're this person. You're this one. So like, I think she really broke out of that. And what label was she on? Does it say Mm -hmm. like Jive? One of those. It doesn't say Hmm. that'll tell you exactly who, you know, how she was produced, you know, how she was put together. But yeah, it doesn't uh, matter. But it, it reminds me of other artists. Um, like, it doesn't even say ricochet bmg mm. it's okay. a sweden it was a oh, okay. oh okay shoot. she's, for, she's okay, from right. sweden gotcha. um but like artists like nelly Furtado was similar where she was forced into this very pop-esque style persona and came back with more um i don't want to say alternative but definitely more her in it and another artist Latin artist Natalia La Forcada. La Forcada, like, yeah, sure. She was very much a pop star in their eyes, and she is this beyond talented musician that has crossed over into so many different genres. But she can do it all, and she's so good at all of it. So I think it's a, it's definitely like a sexism thing. Where sure, you're a it's woman. A marketing thing. It's yeah, a marketing, it was a marketing thing. thing. They're yeah. they're marketing young pop tarts you know to the world nelly Furtado actually a uh, huge international star i mean yeah. before she even broke in the united states mm-hmm. and for them to do the like a bird and all that stuff i remember walking out of a out of, where was i was it like a 311 show or something and i was walking out and somebody handed me a nelly Furtado cd like a like a gimme like mm-hmm. a single i thought it was a single but it was a whole record um okay. and i put it in, i was like damn dude this chick's got a voice and the songs are actually pretty good like they're kind of poppy but they're still kind of organic and whatever but she went on to do great stuff you know don't quote me but i feel like one of the reasons she broke away from her original team is they didn't want her singing in spanish and she oh, really? wanted yeah i feel like that was a thing with her specifically it's crazy because i thought she's from like brazil or something isn't she is she from somewhere like that no brazil well, is spanish though it's portuguese yeah. yeah but i i always thought that she was big and like 
South America, but I don't know. I could be making that up. And that might be now. I don't know. Who's <clears> to <throat> say? We're just making up Who's facts here. Making them, yeah. I'm, hey, another Furtado. She's of Japanese descent, and <laughs> no, now she's big in Antarctica. So, Fact check me. I dare you. Yeah, yeah. Come at me, bro. Drinks absinthe every night, along with a cup of coffee. Still sleeps like a baby. She's amazing. Love she her. can do a three-minute mile. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Well, I'm gonna get a little more. I I I, I kind of set the uh, the stage for you with the bands I was gonna pick for mine. So oh I'm yeah. Stick to it. I'm sticking to it. Uh, probably my favorite band. Uh, of this genre of of um, indie music or alternative music, whatever you call it, is the Pixies. Um, I mean, famously had a comeback in 2003, played Coachella, and then since then have been playing kind of off and on, doing like anniversary tours of of out Surfer Rosa or whatever or whatever albums that have come on Pilgrim, whatever albums have come out, uh, the anniversaries of those, and then and then recently in the past say ten years have done like three different studio records. None of I haven't really heard any of them and I don't think anybody it sucks, but I don't think anybody wants to. I think people just want to hear their hear the, their hits. Yeah. And also, also Kim Deal left in 2012 was placed by Kim Shattuck who ended up leaving herself and then she passed away last year tragically. So it's you know, it's kind of like a revolving not really a revolving door. The bass player position's a little revolving door there, but um yeah, so but it's uh Dave and and uh, and uh Frank Black and um, Joey Santiago are the main main part of the group. But uh, let's play Here Comes Your Man. It's their biggest, I think it's their biggest single. So we'll just play that since it's most recognizable. And here they are. doesn't like that pixie song everybody loves that yeah pixie exactly song. right I, I know but i think it's nobody knows the history of the band yeah and and you know again i've told the story before about interviewing them never meet your heroes because <laughs> they clearly they were clear when they reunited in 2003 that they were doing it for the money and so i mean if you get paid 100 grand a show i guess it's worth it you know what i mean to be with people you don't like or can't stand anymore or whatever yeah. it is. So I don't know. But, I don't know. Did uh, they sound like they were phoning it in or? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I thought they were, uh, I mean, hey, you know, it's like, it's like my theory with the original Star Wars movie with the, like the one, two and three movies that came out in the 90s. It's like, yeah, you know, were they bad movies? Probably, but they're all we had. So it was dope. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, you know, I I think the Pixies now is great because you can go see the Pixies. It's pretty cool uh, and hear the hits. So, um, yeah, I I wouldn't say they're they're bad per se. Uh, You know, is Frank Black a good human being? Probably not. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just guessing. He wasn't nice to me. (laughs) Wasn't very gracious to the kid who was interviewing him. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, so uh, no, they're but they're still one of my favorites. I love the yeah. So go support them if you can. Make them make them richer. <laughs> make them richer, please. <clears throat> At least make them and not uh, the studio richer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Make them richer and not the studio. Or that was my plug that just fell out. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Hope you don't need uh, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I make them richer, not Willow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's my last song. Um, so this is a band that I've always loved, The Stereo. 
Oh yeah, they're great. In you know, in that late nineties, early two thousands, power pop, um, power pop punk type bands. Um, they were amazing, and I loved them. And then they went away for a very long time, and only recently they released a new single, um, maybe like a few weeks ago, and. Um, they have a new podcast. I think they got enough crowdfunding to produce a new album. So they're starting to do wow. that again. And I think there's an appetite for stuff like that, especially because you have like your emo bands, which frankly, I was never like, I like Dashboard and that's maybe it. But I love Taking Back Sunday. I love Saves the Day, those types of bands. But um, I love Power Pop and pop punk bands those are my things so like midtown is doing a reunion tour this year i think it's with, pronounced midtown like oh, town with like a and with like a midwestern accent town. oh my god we're gonna go see midtown <laughs> <laughs> you betcha you betcha um so they have new not new music but they're touring again this year which is amazing uh, surprisingly they're touring with my chemical Ram- romance they're like one of hmm. the open yeah, bands I saw that. for that yeah um which i would love to just see midtown not uh not my chemical but, I'm uh, not okay. I'm yeah. not okay. Okay. Just not. <laughs> not okay. Even I get that <laughs> reference. But um, yeah, they have a new song out called 13. And honestly, I haven't heard it. I just found it before we started recording. So this will be a first for both of us. Oh, this could be. This could be this hit could or go. miss. Let's yeah. see. sounds right on message for them that sounds you know that sounds like it could be recorded um that's oh you were saying that's that's um the stereo the stereo right not not midtown that's the stereo that's the stereo yeah so i think that's yeah i could see them doing that a little more aggressive record but i like it i it's not my fave not your fave but i'm not a super fan so you know yeah i think i'm gonna i'll wait to see like a full album and I'll give that a shot, I'm but get, that I'm, song's preserve my judgments for full out. Yeah, but that verse chorus that didn't do it for you, huh? No, mm-hmm. even the intro, the first so five seconds. Based on based on, that's a miss then. Based on like mm-hmm. kids' recollection today, you know, yeah, miss we miss. But that. it could be I'm I'm jonesing for the three hundred and the other songs yeah, that right. I used to used sure, to love. Sure. So right on. Well, that means that I have the last song you of the do. day. And uh, I've been singing the song all morning because it's so catchy. And <laughs> I play. I was singing it for uh, Julia and Christina on on this on our just earlier, and neither of them knew what the song was. Nope. And I would surprise me because this isn't really a comeback story as much as it's a chart comeback, which never happens. They never re-enter the charts, right? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the only bands in history that have done this. So. Um, if your fans locally here in whatever community you're in, um, if they have like those love request shows here in, in Orange County, L.A., we have Coast 103 FM and at night they do love songs on the coast. And when you're when you're a teenager or preteen or whatever, you know, and, and super emo anyway, that that's what you'd listen to. Like we'd listen to that at night. 
and people would make love dedications and shit. And I'm talking about being in the sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, so it was mm-hmm. like early, early on. Um, but anyway, they had this song that they would play every night, and it's by a band called Sheriff. And uh, they're like a metal band from like the 70s or late 70s, early 80s. And they have this song called When I'm With You. And they played it so much on Coast 103 that it actually re-entered the charts in like 1991. And it, it started climbing pop charts again because of all the people who got into it from one radio station <laughs> playing it. So they are really, in my book, that's better than – they didn't make a conscious decision to come back. The fans – had them come back like the fans mm-hmm. put them back on the charts by buying this single or whatever so i'm gonna play it for you now and if you haven't heard it then my bad sorry but i think <laughs> if you listen to it you'll be like damn dude i've heard that song i know this song but okay Before Pro Tools, people. That's before Pro Tools. They were like, we need to hit four minutes. Just keep it going. <laughs> yeah, bro. They kind of just went, ooh, ooh, ooh. It's like. They're like. It's never coming down. They're it's looking at their watch down. while he's going. They're like, keep it going. Keep the it going. Like, yeah. Ten. Nine. Anyway. So. I have never heard that song before in my life. Really? Wow. That's crazy. I don't know if it's because I am not a white, but I have never heard that song. Whatever, dude. It was like yeah. our, our people who listen to Art LeBeau listen to love songs on the coast. It's not like it's oh, a, yeah, white, yeah, yeah. a white thing. A white thing. White. But no, that I'm surprised. I've never heard that song. It's totally like a 90s ballad that I've... 90s? It's like 1982 or something. I know. That DX7, it's that keyboard we talked about. Like that's the 80s keyboard. Mm-hmm. And playing that the entire time. That's crazy to me. But yeah, they dude, that last note of that song, bro. Remember, that's before like digital, like you couldn't fake that. Like the mm-hmm. guy had to roll in and be like, He did that. I mean, he did that onto tape, like mm-hmm. onto tape. And they were like, Oh, that's the, that's the keeper. That's the take. You know, and they kept it. It's crazy. No like, Pro Tools, no auto tune. It's, it's a insane. gentle kiss from your mom on your forehead as you drift off to sleep. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of how it was, man. He'd like, Oh, Sheriff. Yeah, man. The band's cool. <laughs> I mean, I never said, Yeah, Sheriff, that band's cool. They were always kind of a cheesy. 80s band or whatever but mm-hmm. the song was a good song what do you do man it's a great song yeah it was good it was a good for a power ballad but yeah surprise sure. i never heard that well there you go yeah Those comeback kids oof i'm exhausted from this episode it's our first comeback episode kids. back i know it's yeah. a very, i know I'm t- it's been a while i'm like whew, i have the sweat like a like i ran a marathon i wiped the sweat from the top of my head like a cartoon <laughs> that's done <laughs> Yeah. But good cool. job, well, everyone. Well, hey, good job, everyone. Nice ass, Mixtape Mixtape Podcast. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. So we've got other things coming up. Stay tuned. Uh, you'll get another mini-sode coming up. You'll get um, other special event things that we were discussing and spitballing and guest hosts and other things. So stay tuned. Yeah. Um, follow Mike at Bite Me Bambi and his band at Bite Me Bambi. Follow me on Stay for Recordings and listen to our podcast. Tell your friends about it. If you think of new topics for us, let us know. 
Um, we really. If you love to- the band Sheriff, please send out <laughs> send out some messages. If you love that band, send it out. Uh, let's get Sheriff some more money in the twenty. 20- 2020s let's get them yeah, some more money I mean, now I, who knows if they're alive i have no yeah. idea <laughs> let's get their grandkids 80s were a hard decade to live through baby <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah we really want this podcast to keep going i think we both enjoy talking about music and playing music so tell your friends tell everybody tell them all about it thank you and all right julia we'll see you next time then good night good night If you enjoy listening to the podcast, follow us on Instagram at fa- and Facebook at Mixtape Mixtape Podcast Podcast for show notes, pictures. Ugh. If, if you-, you enjoyed listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And take three. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mixtape Mixtape Podcast Podcast for show notes, pictures, and behind the scenes snaps. And while you're at it, head over to. Don't fuck up. Better leather, leather, better, leather, leather, better. <laughs> and while you're at it, head over to our website at mixtapemixtapepodcast.com for complete playlists as well as links to all the songs on Spotify. Hey, I worked really hard on putting those playlists up. Or did you work really hard on avoiding other responses? Hey, don't worry about that. Just don't forget to tell your friends. One more thing. Or is it one more thing? <laughs> Not that. Okay. <laughs> One more thing. We know you're busy people, but go ahead and click to review. Give us a five-star rating or comment on whichever podcast platform you found us on. See See ya.
that is a good song. I've always liked that song. Why did do you know why they broke up or why oh, it yeah, ended? They at each other's throats. They, uh, just, they were like, yeah. There's a very famous police documentary that came out in like the 80s, mm-hmm. and it shows them playing in Rio de Janeiro, like this like. 200,000 people or whatever, just an insane amount of people. And it shows them on the flight back and how they just got into a fist fight. Like, just wow. crazy, crazy fighting and just infighting. And, you know, so, and they were grown ass men, you know, mm-hmm. they were like, like, uh, Stuart Copeland was a session musician. Like, Sting was a teacher. You know what I mean? Like, these, mm-hmm. these were grown ass men by the time they were famous. So, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, it didn't get along and there's some egos and, I think there was some resentment that Sting was getting a lot of attention when they were all like great musicians in their own right. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. And, you know, obviously the rest of history, Sting went on to have a great career. So, I mean, they all did. They all went on and had a really great career. Plus, they have police money. You know what I mean? I like, know. so it's like box sets and CDs and albums that were sold in the 80s. Not just save your money, man. 80s, 90s, 2000s, like before Napster, those guys were mm-hmm. rolling, you know? So, so, uh, yeah. So, and I'm sure they still are now. I mean, who knows? And then, you know, Sting, Sting is a tantric lover, so there you go. I don't know if he still is. I mean, he's got to be, like, what, 60-something years old, seven years old. I would say I 70. Know. But did you ever see um, on Hulu Only Murderers in the Building? No? Oh, it's such a good – it's all about, like, a true crime podcast, but it star- stars Steve Martin and Martin Short. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I just haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sting's in it. It's really funny. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Hey, can we talk about, nobody told me about uh, what we do in the shadows, so there's a Scott van in one of the episodes. It was hilarious. Wait, there is? Yes, yes. The first season, there's one, they go to this, like, there's the one vampire that's, uh, she's new, and they, it's Lindsay Street or whatever it is. It's like the uh-huh. the, the, the one that lives behind them, that the uh, woman at, that, uh, that the woman's trying to convert to a vampire and she's like feeding one day and she's at a party she's like nobody can see me i'm invisible and and the guy who bumps into her is like wearing a checkered fedora and he's like this tall skinny guy and then two two scenes later he's in the sky and he's all pick it up pick it up <laughs> that's so dope and she kills him she ends up like dragging him outside and like ripping his jugular out or whatever it was hilarious but yeah it's so funny oh so that was funny. um what's her name um uh, I know who you're talking about. It's that she was in Booksmart and yeah, she yeah. played Monica on the American Crime Story, uh, Monica Lewinsky. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That was her. Right, Brittany. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. Is it Brittany Fielding? Yeah. I didn't like that casting in American Crime Story. That I didn't. I mean, I thought Clive Owen was okay, but mm-hmm. I, you know, a lot of the casting was like, eh. Like, yeah. She didn't look anything like Monica Lewinsky, in, in my opinion. You know? No. I. Well, and I wonder if they were, yeah, it was just, 90s were terrible. <laughs> but, um, yeah, seriously, seriously. If you want more Scott in TV, we just finished The After Party, which is on Apple TV. I think it's Apple TV, if you have it. Um, it's so good. It takes place in, I think it's like 10 episodes. It's this high school reunion party, and someone dies. And then a cop comes to sort of kind of solve the crime that night. But it turns and out he's a stripper. No. No. <laughs> Each episode is from a different perspective of, of someone that was at the party. Okay, and cool. it was so well done. Tiffany Haddish is the cop on it. But uh, there's they do high school flashbacks. And some of the boys were in a ska band. Um, and it's just so funny. It's the same thing. They have their fedora, their little 
white t-shirt with a black tie, skinny black tie, <laughs> and looking like the biggest dorks in the world in their own two-person ska band. Yep. <laughs> and it's so hip, funny. Hip, hip. Yep. Yeah, yep. and they're skanking on stage, too. Also, if you ever watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, um, one of the guys starts talking about ska, but he starts talking about, like, the hippos. And like, oh, wow. Cool. So oh, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. whoever wrote this was actually into yeah, ska right. music and right, knows exactly. our bands because they were doing kind of deep cuts on that. Um, so that's funny, too. Anyways, that's this the song has nothing to do with ska. Um, I'm going to play Johnny Cash because okay. while he's this prolific artist that several different generations know, I think a lot of people maybe my age and younger know him now because of some of the songs he covered and released into in the early 2000s. Oh yeah, I totally. That's all thanks yeah, to all Rick, those Rick Rubin, Rubin records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to play redemption song. Cause he did that with Joe Strummer. Joe Strummer. And yeah. this song. And if you listen to hurt, like the most yeah. saddest, beautiful rendition of that song, especially when you watch, 